Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 10th of July, 2023. We are live on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel, the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, and also on the Wilmsfront Rumble channel. Hello to everyone in the live chat, and of course, on the interactive entropy software where i will put the link into the youtube chat as per usual where you can uh, send through a direct question or even better yet send through a super chat uh, to support not just the production of uh, tim's news explosion but also other unshackled productions uh, stay tuned for the end of the show i've got a big announcement about a new unshackled production it is 8.30 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria, but uh, we will start tonight at the White House, which they found last week, uh, the Secret Service, they found white powder in the White House. Now, it wasn't the the usual uh, uh, white powder that gets sent in the mail by some lunatic, which they have to get the, 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 the biohazard... <laughs> suit people in to check if it's ricin or something normally it just turns to be talcum powder mixed with something else but this time it turned out to be cocaine and it what it was found in the west wing uh, which is uh, where the president's staff is and uh, the story changed about where exactly it was found. Uh, now, at first, uh, it, it, it was uh, it was this this the story changed. It, it's it, it, they said first that it was uh, found in an entrance area uh, cubby located between a foyer and a lobby. Uh, near where some official vehicles park, such as the vice presidential limo or SUV, uh, but it is now located near the situation room, uh, one floor below the Oval Office. Now, there are heaps of uh, staff that work in the, the White House and the West Wing. Obviously, any number of them could be a cokehead. There's a lot of uh, high-powered people who, <laughs> individuals who use cocaine uh, to give them a buzz or whatever uh, but uh, there is uh, one uh, person who who is at the the top of the suspects list and they were just at the white house recently for fourth of july celebrations now obviously hunter biden is the obvious 
suspect, and that's who a lot of uh, the accounts on Twitter have uh, have been uh, speculating it is, but it could be someone else. And they they might be some, uh, they might uh, uncover who the individual is. Uh, then uh, the 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 story will be they took the fall for Hunter. Now uh, Biden's uh, White House uh, spokeswoman. There's so many white puns. Are we showing sure with the the White House is not cut? It's not not actually white paint on the on the front. It's 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 white powder. So uh, Corinne Jean Pierre, she was asked about uh, the investigation into who the cocaine snorting prick might be and if it is Hunter Biden. In the most recent killings, um, really tragic. Wondering what the White House has to say about that. And then, secondly, um, sorry to bring up cocaine again, but um, there was a question yesterday during the press gaggle with um, Andrew Bates that was, I guess, he said that it had, he did, he was avoiding it because of the Hatch Act. I'm just asking again, can we just say once and for all whether or not the cocaine belonged to the Biden family? So. <laughs> A couple of things there. Um, he mentioned the Hatch Act because the question was posed to him in the Donald in yes. using Donald Trump, and so he was trying to be very mindful. Uh, okay, I, I hear you, but you're asking me a question, so I'm answering it for you. Um, and so that's why he said the Hatch Act. So I would, I would, you know, have you read the transcript and read the transcript fully, so you can see exactly what he was trying to say. So that's number one. So we're not avoiding the question. That is not true. We've answered this question, litigated this question for the last two days exhaustively. Um, you know, there has been some irresponsible reporting uh, about the family, and uh, and so I got to call that out here. And I have been very clear. I was clear uh, two days ago when talking about this over and over again as I was being asked the question, as you know, and media outlets reported this, the Biden family was not here. They were not here. They were at Camp David. They were not here Friday. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. So to ask that question is actually incredibly irresponsible. And, and um, I'll just leave it there. Okay. Now, as you all know, I'm a libertarian, and so when it comes to drugs, I am in favour of legalising drugs, and so my personal position is if someone wants to snort cocaine or ingest whatever, what other substance they like, uh, that's their decision. But the difference here is, is that the White House and its agencies uh, enforce uh, the because the even though various states have, de have legalized marijuana, they they are all still uh, prohibited as, as substances, illicit substances at the the federal level. So it's the role of the Biden administration to fight the drug war. And Joe Biden uh, was a senator for for Delaware. Uh, for 36 years, and in the the late 80s and early 90s, when there was the crack cocaine epidemic, uh, Biden he voted uh, for increased uh, penalties uh, for drug use and trafficking. Uh, so it's a it's the reason why it's important for the Secret Service to get get to the bottom of who who the the cocaine belongs to, is uh, bec because. 
if they let it slide, and there have been as there there have already been stories put out saying they might never be caught uh, the 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 cocaine snorter. The fact is that there is a hypocrite working in the White House. They're part of they they're working in in the executive government which enforces the drug law, yet they're not following their own laws. Now, of course, if this, we already, we've already covered on this program that uh, Hunter Biden uh, got uh, the sweetheart a deal uh, from Mer Attorney General Merrick Garland of the Department of Justice, pled guilty to two tax, uh, tax code violations and uh, illicit purchasing of a firearm, avoids no jail time. But imagine if all this plus the cocaine was Donald Trump Jr. It would be all over the cable news channels 24 7 including in australia all across uh, the world but because it's it's hunter biden it just gets reported and then that's uh, the end of it now i wonder if hunter biden wanted to come to australia uh, for i don't know something would he be granted a visa promptly uh, because uh, this was not the case uh, when it came to uh, Donald Trump Jr., who should be in the middle of his uh, Australian tour hosted by uh, Turning Point USA. When you go to the, the website, trumplive.com.au, uh, you are greeted with this important announcement. Turning Point wished to advise that due to unforeseen circumstances, Donald Trump Jr. live scheduled to appear in Sydney Brisbane and Melbourne has been postponed. Ticket holders are urged to hold on to their tickets with detail of the rescheduled date to be confirmed in the coming days. Tickets for the original shows will be valid for the new date. Ticket holders will be contacted directly by TicketBud or TicketTech with details. Patrons unable to attend the rescheduled dates are able to obtain a full refund. For any further questions, please contact Turning Point at events at tpost com.au now apparently because uh, the department of home affairs only granted uh, donald trump jr his uh, visa last wednesday morning he was uh, due to jump on a plane within the next 24 hours now i don't know if they had to because uh, the the albanese government they deny that well we didn't block him he, he has just chosen to postpone his, his tour. They deny any uh, shenanigans. And Claire O'Neill, the Home Affairs Minister, uh, decided to tweet and delete uh, this. I couldn't believe that she tweeted this. Is she, is she, is she trying to uh, one-up uh, one the Trumps with this tweet? She's Donald Trump Jr. is a bit of a sore loser. His dad lost an election fair and square, but he says it was stolen. Now he's trying to blame the Australian government for his poor ticket sales and cancelled tour. Donald Trump Jr. has been given a, vi a visa to come to Australia. He didn't get cancelled. He's just a big baby who isn't very popular. Now, Albanese stepped in and ordered her, Claire O'Neill, to uh, delete that that post normally she's pretty professional Claire O'Neill so I'm not not sure uh, what what brought that on uh, but uh, 
you might remember uh, over a decade ago, Gert Wilders, the, the Dutch uh, po- uh, politician who is, uh, cr- uh, he calls himself Islam critical, not anti-Islam. Uh, his party for freedom will be contesting uh, the fresh Dutch elections, uh, which the incumbent Prime Minister Mark Rutte won't contest, ending his 13-year rule. Just a bit of an update uh, from the the Netherlands there, but I digress. Uh, So Chris Bowen, who was the immigration minister at the time, uh, took quite a while to approve Gert Wilders' visa. And now Donald Trump Jr. applied applied for a visa. He doesn't get a visa waiver because he's coming here for a show to sell tickets and earn money. And uh, so he applied for the visa in May and has only been granted, what, early uh, July. Uh, So it's possible there were some shenanigans. So Turning Point Australia, if they wanted the tour to proceed as planned, they should have kicked up a stink and gone to the media earlier saying, hey, this is happening in less than, say, two weeks. What's the the holdup here? Uh, But... uh, (laughs) The Albanese government, uh, they haven't cancelled uh, the visas of any controversial speakers. They granted Kelly J. Keene a visa to come to Australia for a Let Women Speak tour. It was actually the coalition government uh, that uh, was the biggest uh, cancellor of, uh, of uh, centre-right commentators coming to Australia. Uh, Peter Dutton, when he was immigration minister, uh, banned uh, uh, anti-abortion activist Troy Newman uh, from coming to Australia. Uh, David Coleman, who is now the Shadow Communications Minister, uh, leading the charge about about the misinformation misinformation uh, bill uh, when he was Immigration Minister, uh, he denied entry to Australia to Gavin McGuinness and Milo Yiannopoulos, and he also. Uh, it seemed engaged in shenanigans, uh, messing around the visas with uh, Stefan Molyneux and Lauren Southern, who eventually did come to Australia. Now, Nigel Farage, who was going to be supporting Donald Trump Jr. on this Australian tour, he's been to Australia many times. He was just here last year on a speaking tour, and he had no problem getting a visa from the, the Albanese government. Uh, he put out a statement uh, uh, saying Donald Trump Jr. had attracted huge interest and 8,000 tickets had already been sold. The very late granting of a visa left too little time for travel logistics. The ridiculous tweet by Government Minister Claire O'Neill has now been deleted. Many are saying that the late visa is in effect a form of cancel culture. Well, not quite, as the six-month visa is now in place and with the rescheduled dates, the two will be even uh, even bigger success. I will be happy to continue as his supporting act. Nigel Farage, as you remember last week, I think it's he's up to about nine banks uh, that have refused to open uh, open a new account for him after his longtime uh, bank said that uh, they were closing his personal and uh, business accounts uh, for purely uh, commercial reasons. And also uh, Alex Antic, the South Australian a, a, a liberal senator is also a supporting act, uh, but uh, given we're not living in, thankfully, uh, the time of internal border closures, uh, he just needs to to get on a domestic flight to support uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, tour uh, when it is uh, rescheduled. So it'll be in 
the 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 next six six months. Lady of Charlotte says exactly. Donald Trump Jr. should announce his uh, intention to transition. They'll lay out the red carpet. Uh, Donna uh, Trump, <laughs> maybe. And now there was a cartoon by Johannes Leakin, the uh, Australian uh, crash course, Anthony Albanese saying, calling Donald Trump Jr. a big baby just makes you look a bit childish. I know you are, but what am I? I mean, you'd expect uh, something like this uh, from mean girl Katie Gallagher, not, uh, not Claire O'Neill. Uh, now, over the past weekend, uh, Joe Biden, he was uh, at the beach in Delaware. I won't sh uh, share with you the video of him shirtless at the beach because you won't be able to unsee it. Uh, but uh, Donald Trump, uh, the, the former president, he uh, got a rock star reception at uh, the UFC. Uh, walked out with uh, Dana White, Joe Rogan was there, Mel Gibson was there. It was uh, really a, a alpha list crowd and uh, the stadium erupted uh, when he came out. Even the ESPN uh, UFC commentators, ESPN owned by Disney, uh, even they uh, were, were pumped for Trump. So oh, we got the man. And, as you might expect for International Fight Week, a lot of people are in the building, uh, but no one needs more security than the former president of the United States, obviously a really good friend of Dana White. Oh, my word. I mean, listen, he's a massive, massive fight fan, and that just shows how big this event is. Donald Trump has loved the fights for a long time. He's often at Madison Square Garden, but the International Fight Week, he has to show up, show his support. He has done from since day one. Good to see him here, Dom. Oh, it's no surprise that this man is here because this is the only thing that stayed open in all of sports yeah. during yeah, some yeah. of the darkest times. Glad he's here. All right, let's. Finally, some sports coverage, which is uh, not woke at the third Ashes uh, uh, test in Leeds, which uh, Australia lost. They had the rainbow stumps, which I just uh, couldn't believe. Now, coming back to Australia, the Fadden by-election is uh, this Saturday. That's uh, the uh, Northern Gold Coast seat uh, vacated uh, by former uh, Coalition uh, Government Minister Stuart uh, Robert. It is likely to be retained by the, the LNP candidate, Cameron uh, Caldwell, who, uh, well, uh, we, we don't know what the swing will be. We know that uh, in the past he has been a, a swinger. Uh, I wonder if that sort of joke will make it into the coverage on Saturday night. The Unshackled won't be doing a, a Fadden uh, by-election live stream. We will, we will definitely be doing one on uh, the voice referendum and uh, the New Zealand general election uh, both in October uh, this year. Now, Stuart Robert, he most probably resigned because he was uh, one of the, the robo-debt awful four who oversaw the illegal, uh, illegal uh, Centrelink debt recovery uh, scheme that uh, was, was implemented by Scott Morrison when he was... Uh, social services minister. It was called robo-debt because it was an automated income averaging 
uh, scheme, uh, which matched so, uh, Centrelink payments uh, with uh, income data from the, the tax office. It was illegal because it didn't comply with the legislation and income averaging, because obviously some people are on welfare for a period of time, then they get job and this income averaging method, it wasn't, it, it was in no way, in no way worked out whether someone had rorted uh, Centrelink uh, because they were working at some point in time and obviously on some sort of benefits the other time. That didn't mean that they were rorting, but it was called RoboDebt because it did, it, it, it was automated. The letters were sent out. Uh, people uh, were wrongly hounded and uh, three people uh, committed a suicide because of the stress of the debt recovery scheme. They were told they owned thousands. It was the most shameful episode in uh, the in the the nine years of of coalition government, uh, Scott Morrison uh, was the social security minister who set it up. Then uh, there were the other social services ministers who succeeded him and oversaw the scheme were Christian Porter, Alan Tudge, and Stuart Robert. Alan Tudge, of course, went in April uh, with the Aston by election, which the Labor Party won. Uh, the first uh, by-election uh, by won by government from an opposition in over 100 years. Christian Porter retired at the 2019 general election. Scott Morrison is still in the parliament on the, the backbench. There are renewed calls for him to uh, resign from the parliament. There are already calls for him to resign when his secret ministries uh, were revealed in the second half of last year and now the Cronulla Sharks, his Sharkies, uh, they're, uh, they're thinking of tearing up Scott Morrison's number one uh, ticket, ticket holder uh, status with the uh, Cronulla Sharks. Now the whole uh, the whole reason why is well there were there were a few reasons why Scott Morrison thought that this uh, robo debt uh, uh, debt recovery scheme was a good idea and he did receive incorrect advice from his uh, department which he didn't follow up I, at the the royal commission the the royal commissioner uh, Catherine Holmes uh, gave the 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 uh, report the findings uh, to the governor general last Friday. It was the then uh, then uh, head uh, head of the the human services uh, department, uh, Catherine Campbell. She came in for the the most uh, criticism for overseeing robo debt. She's now taken leave from her nearly million dollar a year uh, position overseeing the AUKUS AUKUS contracts. Uh, so there is a sealed section in the report which recommends uh, uh, criminal and civil proceedings against uh, politicians and public servants who implemented this uh, illegal scheme. There has already been the money being returned uh, to those uh, half a million who are adversely affected. There's now the uh, the talk about whether uh, these people are put through uh, such uh, stress uh, uh, will be compensated as well. And now there has been no contrition, of course, uh, from uh, Scott Morrison and uh, Alan Tudge. They believe that they didn't do anything wrong and that there were no 
adverse findings against them. Scott Morrison, in fact, disputes uh, that uh, the, the findings of the, the Royal Commissioner. Uh, now, it seemed to me that uh, the, the uh, uh, going back to the reasons why Scott Morrison thought that robo-debt was a good idea is because, well, he thought it would get uh, some extra money in the budget, but also because he and the other uh, Liberal ministers seem to be living in this, uh, it's more a 1990s Australian mindset uh, that uh, they're uh, that uh, do dole bludgers, uh, everyone hates them, and so they, 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 there definitely needs to be a lot of investigation onto the investigation on them to see if they're rotting the system. Uh, but in the, the current current year, there's no more a current affair hit pieces on on uh, on uh, dole bludgers like the Paxton uh, family. Like there is a lot more sympathy these days for those uh, doing it hard, with, who can't find work, or who who are having mental issues, or going through other tough times in their in their life. Though the the crew at the Australian Unemployed Workers Union uh, don't do a particularly a good job in putting unemployed people in a sympathetic position. Uh, one of their directors uh, had a terrible <laughs> went on, uh, did a terrible interview with uh, Ben Fordham on on two GB. Now, what I take out of this uh, disgusting episode is that because there were warnings as back as uh, 2015 uh, that the scheme was illegal but politicians and Scott Morrison was is chief among them never never like like to admit uh, that they've done anything wrong in fact they double down and so this is what uh, the coalition government did uh, for another another five years and Following on uh, from there, the COVID lockdowns, uh, when a lot of uh, vulnerable people, low-income people, uh, were given obscene multi-thousand-dollar fines uh, for uh, for being outside uh, for a non-approved reason. I mean, Dan Andrews here said that he still want he's he, he remember he once said we're coming for you for your for your unpaid fines. We know in New South Wales that the Supreme Court of New South Wales has uh, put an injunction on the collection of any more COVID fines. This these uh, these fines can mean that uh, people uh, these outstanding fines, uh, which we don't know if they're they're hundred percent legal at least in in New South Wales. Uh, can have uh, it can mean that people can't get uh, their driver's license or registration renewed. It can really disadvantage them, and of course, uh, the 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 politicians who implemented the lockdown, Dan Andrews, uh, doesn't believe that he did anything wrong uh, during the pandemic. He said, "We have no we made no apologies for saving people's lives." Uh, so Dan Andrews' uh, belligerence and going after uh, people uh, for these COVID fines, who are on a lot of them are on very low incomes. I mean, he is in the same league as Scott Morrison, Alan Tudge, Christian Porter, and uh, Stuart Robert, uh, causing this financial grief uh, to extremely vulnerable people. And so this is... This is my greatest gripe 
uh, with with politicians is that they can never admit that something that they did is wrong. They prefer to double down, uh, which ends up victimizing uh, people. Now, up in uh, Queensland, uh, a week before the Fadden by-election, uh, the Liberal National Party uh, had their state conference uh, where a LNP Queensland Senator uh, Jared uh, Rennick, who, who, whose term expires in, uh, at the end of June 2025, uh, was dumped to an unwinnable uh, position on uh, the twenty uh, the the LNP uh, Queensland Senate ticket at the the next election. Now, contrary uh, to what a lot of people uh, were speculating, uh, he is not going to uh, quit and go to another another party. He released a, a statement uh, this this afternoon on his Facebook, uh, thanking the grassroots members of the LNP for the opportunity. He said he was disappointed not to receive the party's re-endorsement, uh, but remains committed to fighting for Queensland constituents uh, as part of the LNP uh, Queensland Senate team. And he will persist in holding the Labor government and the bureaucracy accountable and will work to reduce overreach into our lives. I extend my gratitude to my federal colleagues for their support and particular endorsements, especially uh, Peter Dutton. I look forward to working with the Liberal National Federal team to regain government in 2025. Politics should always be about putting people and our values first and then continue uh, to do that uh, for the next two years. So a very a uh, humble statement uh, from uh, Gerard Rennick. I know that uh, many in the freedom movement uh, community uh, were disappointed uh, that he lost uh, pre-selection. And uh, there is now only two of the five senators who crossed the floor uh, to vote uh, with uh, Pauline Hanson and Malcolm Roberts' uh, bill to, to ban vaccine uh, passports in, in 2022. Uh, so uh, Conchetta Veravanti-Wells, a liberal from New South Wales is no longer there, no longer is Sam McMahon from the country Liberal Party, only uh, Matt Canavan and Alex Antic are there. Matt Canavan was just re-elected. Alex Antic uh, faces a, a re-election in the Senate yeah, the, the next election, his term also expires in 2025. Uh, though given that he is going on a mass conservative recruiting drive within the South Australian Liberal Party, he is much more likely to retain his seat. The third spot on the LNP Queensland uh, uh, ticket went to Stuart Fraser, a Brisbane businessman and long-serving party treasurer who is known publicly for being the reforming president of the exclusive Tattersalls Club who, who paved the way for women to become members. Uh, there was a, Now, we only lost by three votes, uh, Rennick, and uh, uh, part of the reason why a few voted against him, because you might remember he threatened to hold up legislation in the, in the Senate for the LNP, uh, unless vaccine passports and mandates were abolished. He said, people say I'm holding the government to ransom, but the government is holding uh, people who don't want to take the, the jabs to ransom. Now, Anthony Albanese, uh, Airbus Elbow, he is 
overseas again. He is on his way to Lithuania uh, for the the NATO summit, uh, where Vladimir Zelensky was hoping that uh, Ukraine's application for NATO membership could be discussed, but because uh, Ukraine is uh, is in a conflict with Russia, uh, NATO membership is not uh, open uh, to nations that are currently in conflict. Now, uh, Australia has been invited, even though because NATO stands for North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Australia is nowhere near the North Atlantic. We're in the, the South Pacific and the South Indian Ocean as well. Uh, but uh, Anthony Albanese on his way, uh, he uh, was in Berlin uh, to sign a $1 billion uh, defense deal with Germany to rearm them. Uh, so, uh, Australia is uh, is going to uh, s- sell 100 Brisbane-made boxer heavy weapons carriers to Germany. So Australia's military-industrial <laughs> complex is 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 starting to 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 build up and now expanding expanding exporting uh, to overseas country. Picosman says, would Australia ever join NATO? They said Japan could join if uh, they wanted at one point. In the 70s, there was uh, CETO, the South Southeast Asian Treaty Organization, but that uh, fell by the, the, the wayside. Uh, we have the, the Quad, which is basically the, the No China's Club here with uh, India, Japan, uh, the US and Australia, but uh, Joe Biden cancelled that uh, because of the the debt ceiling uh, negotiations. Now, also in uh, Europe is uh, Trade Minister Don Farrell. He's in Brussels uh, trying to finalise a European Union trade uh, deal, which is, of course, uh, the EU uh, trade protection uh, barriers are very strong there. Uh, so he's had to hop on a plane uh, as as well. Uh, so I assume that Richard Miles is is running the country, acting prime minister, while Airbus Elbow is away again. But but who knows? He could he could be so, he could be somewhere uh, since he's defence minister. Now, going on to other national news, uh, Anthony Albanese, he was uh, eager uh, to uh, to uh, promote uh, that uh, when uh, July 1 uh, ticked over, there would be cheaper childcare, greater childcare subsidy. Uh, just don't pay attention to higher uh, power prices and uh, other uh, indexed I- indexed uh, fees and interest like the the 7.1 indexation of uh, hex help and now uh, cheaper childcare is supposed to uh, the the aim is to allow uh, more women uh, to uh, return or remain in the workforce governments are obsessed uh, with uh, having uh, high female work participation, uh, participation, uh, it's really uh, it's really not not promoted at all anymore. A stay-at-home mums. Uh, it's all about uh, we need uh, we need women 
working uh, and uh, they have to be the 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 super mom this uh, this is the thing they have to women are told they they're told that they can have it all but the expectation is on, is on them that they that they 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 that they ha they have to have it all that uh, for the 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 good of the country uh, you you must uh, both be in the workforce and uh raise children as well uh to well uh, reverse uh, the aging population uh but it turns out imagine my shock uh, that uh, this uh, uh, this uh, female uh, workforce participation uh push has uh, is uh, resulting in quite a i didn't realize it was this bad quite a, quite, a, quite a really bad baby drought and so uh, this article in the the Melbourne City statistical uh, region, uh, the fertility rate uh, slumped to 0.66 uh, of a of uh, re of replacement level, which is it's a it's a fraction of the 2.1 replacement level, which is uh, well, uh, which is part of the reason why uh, the Albanese government uh, opens up. Uh, the migration fl uh, floodgates in Sydney. Mothers under 35 are increasingly rare. The 2021 census revealed nearly half the city city's women aged 30 to 34 have never had a child. It mentions here that uh, th that obviously the disruptions and uncertainty of COVID, uh, but uh, the cost of living. Uh, cr uh, crunch high inflation rising interest rates uh housing affordability and also uh, it mentions here an array of personal factors affect decision making about uh childbearing including education career and financial circumstances economic conditions especially labor market stability play a role as do social norms and expectations which is what i was talking about uh before and uh, going down here, a new study of workers under the age of 40 found 70% of the women surveyed reported the cost of housing influenced the number of children they plan to have. And if we go uh, f further down here, I, the, uh, the federal government's predict, uh, projected uh, uh, fertility rate for Australia has been revised uh, down uh, from 1.9 babies per woman to 1.62 but there is a population expert uh Udoi uh, Sagir said that it'll probably go as down to as low as 1.4 or even 1.3 that's what's happening in in European countries uh Italy is particularly has a very old population and also the northern Asian nations such as uh, South Korea uh, Japan and uh, Taiwan, their fertility rate is extremely low. South Korea's fertility rate is just 0.7%. Uh, Japan is really uh, tragic with like people marrying, uh, marrying uh, virtual girlfriends and uh, going for pets instead of children as well. It's really sad what's happening there up there in North Asia, even sadder that's what's what's happening here. So unless uh, the the role of the the stay at home mother, or if we want to be a be 
modern uh, stay-at-home parent, one parent stays at home uh, looking after the the children. Um, I'd love to love to know in the chat. We have a few mothers, uh, Lady of Shalott and Dawn Browning. I don't see Margot here. I uh, let me know if you were uh, stay-at-home mums when you were raising your kids, because stay-at-home mothers uh, raising children when they get that nurture and attention and also discipline as well, it has a long-term social good. Is that you have a you have well a more a, a more better better citizens because how many times have we seen the story of uh, youth criminals coming from broken homes one parent absent or they're just and, and or just uh, raised by the state lady of shallot says you'll be despised uh, by it and told to your face that you are worthless australia hates stay-at-home mothers try being one you'll find that you'll find that out fast it's it's really really sad linda hunter says the old town town hall uh dance scene well that that used to be how um boy meets girl but uh, we have these career women uh, going into their 30s and 40s uh their biological clocks ticking. That's what the whole uh, Bridget Jones uh, movies were about. Why are there so many unmarried women in their in, in, in their thirties? So yes, Australia will have to make up the shortfall of the the aging population, uh, either through well, as I said, robots, mass migration, or maybe incentivizing uh, couples uh, to have have more children and uh, making it more acceptable for one parent to to stay at home now of course we are seeing uh, the uh, at first we had we had uh, the the various uh, state governments uh, beginning in victoria outlawing the nazi swastika it, there is now a federal a federal law coming in which will also ban the sale of nazi memorabilia and not surprisingly there is a, a the online sales of nazi memorabilia have skyrocketed uh, to beat the ban uh, which has very much uh, triggered uh, Devere Abramovich. He was uh, down in Tasmania to cry tears of joy as they become the first state in Australia to uh, comprehensively ban the Nazi salute, a horizontal hand movement. Uh, there is a, a law in New South Wales which bans any Nazi imagery but is not explicit about the Nazi salute. They're trying to prosecute a Croatian soccer fan for doing a Nazi salute at the Australia Cup final last year. Now, I've gone through uh, the... It's, it's already ridiculous uh, to ban the display of symbols I mean, if we're going to ban offensive symbols, why not ban the hammer and sickle, the, the ISIS flag? There are heaps of obscene symbols. But banning, <laughs> banning hand movements, this is where you get something as ridiculous as this. Uh, this uh, this uh, hail bus uh, sign in Adelaide 
uh, there is going to be a review on the sign uh, after a single complaint saying it was similar uh, to seek hail salute despite image being around for years yes you can no longer seek and hail a a bus uh, because apparently it can be misinterpreted as a as a nazi salute and uh, so yeah we have this situation where if you if you don't uh, if you don't raise uh, your hand uh, correctly, or even you can be accused of being making a Nazi salute if if a if you're photographed uh, with with in an instance where your hand looks like it's in a Nazi salute. So this is uh, this is a situation that. Uh, we're at uh, so i'm not sure if you've seen the, this meme uh <laughs> how to make sure that uh, your hand movement doesn't get you 12 months in prison so calling waiter you've got to go right at the top uh but if you go i uh, go at about two o'clock uh, you'd say two o'clock on a clock 12 months in prison call a taxi you've got to go straight your arms got to go straight straight ahead to hail a taxi that's also an expression hail a taxi lower pet children pet dog uh rest so 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 make sure i mean what's next are they going to make the okay symbol illegal as well uh, this is also uh, ridiculous now it's time uh, for an update on the voice uh, referendum <laughs> Now, the No campaign last week uh, was accused of racism uh, uh, because of a cartoon uh, they published in the Australian Financial Review, uh, which uh, showed uh, the West Farmers chairman, Michael Cheney, because West Farmers, who own Bunnings, Officeworks, Office Wokes, uh, you might recall, uh, Target and Kmart. Uh, so you now need to boycott Target in Australia now because uh, the chairman of West Farmers, Michael Cheney, is giving uh, two million of shareholders money uh, to the the Yes campaign. So that's so that's uh, Michael Cheney giving the two million dollars to uh, Thomas Mayo, the communist in the the communist shirt, and uh, it's got his uh, daughter. Uh, Kate Cheney, the teal independent for Curtin, as uh, his puppet. Now, this was called a, Matt King called it a racist Jim Crow cartoon, because apparently uh, drawing uh, black men in a cartoon is is racist because, well, you've got to, well, I think it's because you've actually got to color in their faces as black. So it is literal blackening a face, though Thomas Mayer is not that. Uh, not that uh, dark because given he's got some european ancestry i'm not uh, i'm surprised that this uh cartoon wasn't called uh anti-semitic given that uh, thomas mayo is part jewish as well uh, but uh there uh, i might make the point that they're the cheney uh, the cheney family uh they are a a three-generation political uh, dynasty in Western Australia. Uh, as Fred Cheney Sr. Uh, was a Menzies uh, government minister. He was a progressive uh, liberal. Uh, so was his son, Fred Cheney Jr. And so uh, that is Kate's uncle, uh, Michael Cheney, 
uh, Kate's father, businessman, and also John Cheney, who was a Supreme Court Justice of New South Wales. So they used to be a, a blue, uh, blue blood family. Now they are teal, sort of similar to the, the Spender family in uh, New South Wales. Allegra Spender, the teal independent uh, for Wentworth. Uh, she, her father, uh, John uh, Spender, uh, was a was a Liberal MP, and uh, Monique Ryan, uh, the the uh, Teal Independent, uh, she was also uh, hanging out uh, with uh, with Thomas Mayo recently. I think I've got that photo here. And uh, even though, well. They all come from uh, well, Monique Ryan. She doesn't come from a a, a blue turned uh, teal teal blood family, even though she represents a wealthy uh, constituent. She's still more than happy to to have a selfie with a communist. And uh, uh, Th Thomas Mayo he co-wrote uh, the Voice Handbook uh, with uh, former ABC journalist uh, Kerry. O'Brien, and now it has been uncovered that there is a, another uh, communist who uh, was on the uh, voice uh, on, on the the various uh, voice referendum committee advisory bodies, and that is Teela Reid, uh, not Tara Reid, Teela Reid, and so Fair Australia who it is powered by advance australia now advance australia they didn't apologize uh, for that uh, cartoon which was great though the australian financial review apologized uh, for a uh, for publishing it although they probably they also pocketed the advertising money uh, so fair australia has released uh, this uh, profile ad on Yes, another communist in the uh, the Aboriginal uh, voice referendum uh, push movement, and of course she wants much more than a simple uh, voice in the constitution. Hi Australia, my name is Teela Reid. I was part of the constitutional dialogue process. Teela has been there in the heart of creating a, a framework for rethinking our constitution. Referendum engagement group member Teela Reid. You have almost remarkable people like Thomas Mayer and Teela Reid. We have to understand this concept of the voice is the first step in redistributing power. There does need to be these tough decisions and reparations for what First Nations people have lost this notion of reconciliation. It's not enough. The voice is What we need is to get back to these radical roots of the Communist Party. It's going to be very difficult once we succeed for a government to ignore this voice. It will be powerful. Authorised by Matthew Sheehan, Advance Australia, Canberra. And now the old saying, when someone say, uh, says to you who they really are, then believe them. But don't all of these uh, Aboriginal activists uh, uh, realise that Marxism was created by uh, two white guys, uh, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels? Uh, so this, this has always perplexed me about all of these uh, anti-white communists you're literally you you you're reading from a bible uh, written by two white men
Now, of course, over in Western Australia, they've had that uh, new law come in, uh, that uh, Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Protection Act, uh, which means that uh, for farmers and miners, they have to get uh, a cultural consultant to check that there's no uh, cultural aboriginal cultural heritage sites of uh, significance uh, now i've already said that that uh, the the voice being in the constitution that will probably expand that nationally linda burney she's really tried to reframe the 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 voice debate this week saying that uh, the voice is not going to be focused on australia day or any of uh, these things it's going to be focused on practical outcomes so she's really tried to reframe it though it still remains that the voice can advise on anything. Another uh, voice architect, Professor Megan Davis, says you can't shut the voice up. And Linda Burney, she has no power. She will not have no power to tell the voice uh, what it can advise on. Uh, but she realizes that not giving any detail about how the voice will work has seen its support uh, for all through the floor. But going back to Western Australia. Uh, we, they opened up a new part of their Mitchell uh, Freeway. And now because there is all of these uh, welcome to country, acknowledgement of country before anything, including uh, ribbon cutting now, there was going to be a traditional Aboriginal smoking ceremony. Uh, but uh, there was a, a dispute at, uh, at uh, the, the, the ribbon cutting ceremony about uh, which local elder tribe uh, would uh, has the authority uh, to uh, do the the, smo the 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 smoking ceremony. Good evening. The opening of a freeway extension in our northern suburbs came to an abrupt halt when an argument broke out over who had the right to conduct the traditional smoking ceremony. The ribbon cutting on the two hundred and thirty-two million dollar project had to wait while traditional owners faced off. But I don't need these people coming out here thinking that you fellas could say this, say that, on this land. It was an uncomfortable moment for the Minister, caught up in a turf war among First Nations people. I don't need permission of you or anybody else. Neither do this I. is my country too. A traditional smoking ceremony going up in smoke after competing Aboriginal groups fired up at each other. I thought you fellas was from Mora. Well, you thought wrong. No. What do you, what do you make of this, Minister? Oh, that's very interesting because obviously there's a lot of different Aboriginal groups with history in this area. So, um, yeah. Did, did you pick the wrong one for the smoking ceremony? No, I understand that was all handled by the department. So, anyway, we'll work through it. Other Aboriginal elders stepping in. And you're included in this, all right? So well, it doesn't seem like it is. Nobody told us nothing. The rest of the opening ceremony went off without a hitch. Not so its construction, which suffered delays caused by the pandemic. The final cost of the freeway extension, $232 million. The barriers along the 5.6-kilometre stretch of blacktop will come down overnight and motorists will be able to drive on it from tomorrow. This is the final extension of the Mitchell Freeway for the foreseeable future. It runs out of road at Romeo Road. There are no plans for an extension. There is no funding best estimates are up to 15 minutes shaved off the drive from Alcamos to the city. Jeff Parry, 7 News. And notice there, uh, the, 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 the minister there, she's like, I don't know what's going on. The, the department organised it all. And so she's looking like an 
absolute muppet there. Now, I wonder if uh, when uh, Dan Andrews' uh, signature infrastructure project, uh, the Metro Rail Tunnel, opens in uh, 2025, whether there'll be this uh, smoking ceremony as well to, to to open it up as well. It's going to, it's so long, it's going to go across, uh, I think, a lot of uh, traditional lands. And now Dan Andrews, uh, his uh, government is going to be giving tax, uh, Victorian taxpayer funds to uh, the YES campaign. I think it's the only uh, state government that is going to be uh, giving money to the, the YES campaign. Victoria could end up being the the only state that uh, will vote yes in the the, the the referendum. I mean, the fact that Dan Andrews, uh, far left socialist, uh, cultural Marxist, continues to get re-elected. I mean, nothing surprises you anymore in Victoria. This is why I was not surprised uh, when it uh, broke on on three AW. Uh, this morning, uh, that uh, Cheltenham Secondary College in Melbourne, a state school, has a as part of its uh, official uniform a puffer jacket with the Aboriginal flag on on one side and the LGBT rainbow flag on the other. Is it a puffer jacket or a puffer jacket? Now, isn't it missing? A, a flag that uh, that uh, puffer jacket. It's missing the Ukraine flag. That's that's what stood out to me. I mean, if you wanted to make it a complete virtue signaling, a brainwashing indoctrination uh, puffer jacket, you need the Ukraine flag as well. Because uh, heaven heaven forbid that uh, you have uh, the Australian flag on any school uniform in Australia. Uh, so, as I said, uh, Cheltenham Secondary College is a, a state uh, school, and now the uh, this was uh, broken on 3AW uh, with Neil Mitchell. Now, Neil Mitchell is pretty woke, but he's not this woke that he thinks that this is okay. A parent uh, called up uh, and said that uh, it was disgusting. It's not right. Uh, now, this afternoon, uh, Dan Andrews' uh, education uh, minister, uh, Natalie Hutchins, said uh, uh, there were baseline compulsory uniform, but additional items were approved by school councils. And uh, it is uh, the education uh, department spokesperson, not spokesman or woman, said uh, that it was... Uh, endorsed by the school council and it was a a student led uh, a student initiated uh uniform even though a parent up here says there was no consultation on the jacket's design and we're disappointed the flags were included now it's not uh compulsory but if you buy one for a cheap price of uh, 89.95 Australian dollars you're not allowed to def you know, black out or remove uh the LGBT or Aboriginal flag, uh, because uh, other uh, because that'd be defacing a school uniform, and that's 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 not allowed. And now I uh, just appeared uh, before on this this program. I did a pre-record uh, with Reality Check Radio uh, New Zealand. Uh, you'll remember I appeared on their their 
their breakfast program with Paul Brennan a couple of weeks back to discuss the Aboriginal uh, voice. He invited me back on to uh, discuss uh, d- discuss the the Cheltenham. A Cheltenham puffer jacket that'll be airing uh, tomorrow morning. I'll link it on the Unshackled website. So it's gone into in international. Uh, this ridiculous. I as I said to to Paul, like I'm not. I'm pretty blackpilled when it comes to Victoria. It, this should be outrageous, and that mother was right. It's disgusting, but I just rolled my eyes and sighed. Well. I probably thought that uh, something like this would happen in a Victorian school. It probably wasn't on my bingo card, but it certainly doesn't surprise me. Though it's interesting here, the school did not uh, consult any Indigenous or LGBTQI groups before it used the flags on its jacket, though. Equality Australia uh, gave its uh, stamp of approval. Its legal director, Gassan Cassia, I hope I've pronounced that right, said it was a wonderful student-led initiative that other schools should consider. Young people are again leading the way on inclusion. We shouldn't need flags to remind people they are loved and valued as they are. But the reaction from some people to this jacket demonstrates these symbols of inclusion are as important as ever. Now, as we're going to air tonight, uh, Four Corners is airing a piece on transgender children. Uh, the, The promos are quite sympathetic to uh, the plight of transgender children. I'll watch it after this this show. Last night on 60 Minutes, uh, Carl Stefanovic did a, I'd call it a fluff piece uh, with, with Lydia Thorpe. Remember, he did one uh, with uh, Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese before the election. He did one with Lydia Thorpe where he gave her a, a very uh, easy run. And uh, yeah, it's, it's said that uh, oh, Parliament would be better with more Lydia Thorpe's. Uh, Lydia Thorpe, she recommitted that she's against the voice, and uh, she hopes it's voted down, and uh, she will not seek re-election when her term expires in 2028. Not that she stood a chance running as an independent. Uh, so yeah, you've 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 got this. Uh, you've got uh, your 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 sixty minutes a uh, 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 fluff piece tonight. Sympathetic to Lydia Thorpe and uh, check out uh, Four Corners tonight. Now, over in London, even though they already had Pride London, uh, which is supposed to be inclusive of all the the LGBT alphabet identities, they need a separate trans pride day in london uh, which the the muslim lord mayor of Mund- london endorsed he said i wish to wish everyone at london london trans pride today a joyful safe and empowering day it's never been more important to support trans people who are being stigmatized and placed at the heart of a toxic culture war as your mayor i'll always be on your side with the transgender flag now I couldn't believe, I, and I just said that I wasn't shocked before about the, 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 the puffer jacket at Cheltenham High School, but I genuinely shocked at Trans Pride in London that they gave the microphone to a tr- trans woman who has been in jail for 30 years uh, for multiple violent offences, Sarah Jane Parker, and this is what uh, she said uh, she transitioned in prison. I was going to come here and be really fluffy and be really nice 
and say, yeah, be really lovely and queer and gay. No, if you see a turf, punch him in the fucking face. Now, the Met Police in the UK uh, have refused to open an investigation in uh, to Sarah Jane Parker's call for violence, uh, 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 saying punch turf, like how could else could it be, be interpreted? Punch turfs in the face. Now, uh, so Sarah Jane Parker was born Ellen Baker and, uh, sorry, Sarah Jane Baker, born Alan Baker and is a convicted kidnapper, torturer and murderer. Uh, known for being the long, uh, UK's longest serving trans-identified prisoner, having spent 30 years incarcerated for multiple violent uh, crimes. Uh, so he was initially sentenced to nine years for kidnapping and torturing his stepmother's brother, but while in prison received additional time for attempting to murder a cellmate in 2013, made headlines for identifying as a woman, costing taxpayers £10,000 for what media referred to as a sex chain. This is from... Uh, redux in the UK and as pale conservative Australian yes uh, she was waving an Antifa Antifa flag now meanwhile a just stop oil uh, they also a they uh, reached a a new low they decided uh to uh crash the wedding of former uh, cha- uh conservative chancellor of the UK, George Osborne. He recently got uh, got married uh, to, I think, his second wife. They decided uh, that uh, instead of flowers, uh, they would bring their usual orange or, orange uh, rubbish uh, with them uh, to pour on uh, the just married couple. Now I, I assume that uh, just up oil. She's she's not a young brat. She's an old hag. I assume she'll get invited on uh, Piers Morgan tonight or a segment of GB News because that's how they're rewarded for their stunts. I'm not sure if you saw uh, Mizzy. Uh, he decided uh, he and his mates uh, to terrorise a convenience store. So I assume that he'll be on back on Piers Morgan's uh, show and also on uh, GB News because that's what you do with these attention seekers. You you give them even more platform, perpetuating the cycle of them uh, committing these uh, public uh, nuisance acts. This is just the the past week in as Katie Hopkins calls batshit bonkers britain and uh katie hopkins uh she uh war uh, she well informed us of the alarming news that uh the uk had the hottest june on record according to the met office the met office a warning that in the uk it was the hottest june on record since time began and that that heat has the fingerprints of climate change all over it. I mean, 
I didn't even realise the climate had fingers. That's how far behind I am. They say it helps explain why there's a water shortage and how thousands might die from heat this year. I also think having worked inside the UK Met Office and I understand how they're financed, how they need there to be climate drama so that they can get government grants for climate in order that they can employ the... But yes, people, be very, very afraid if there is another day where it goes above 21 degrees in the UK and it stops pissing down just for one second. Please know it's got the fingertips of climate all over it. Yes. Be afraid, be very afraid. And even though we're shivering through this extremely cold winter, at least here in uh, Victoria, I know that uh, there's uh, a number of uh, Victorians in the in the chat, Lady of Shalott, Dawn Browning, they can concur that it is an extremely cold winter and it just seems to be going on and on and on. I mean, it's only the middle of July and we're cons- it's... I've said it's like we're in Siberia. I mean, you hardly see the sun. It's windy and raining every <laughs> every day nearly, but we're told to be afraid because El Nino is coming this summer. It's going to be very, very warm and dry. In my opinion, it won't be a hot summer in Australia unless we have a number of days over 40 degrees like we used to when I was growing up. But according to Uh, the U.S. National Centers on Environmental Prediction, we had the hottest day ever on planet Earth on Mondays and Tuesdays as global average temperature, the temperature was 17.3 degrees Celsius. Oh my God, I cannot believe that. Yes, and we remember last week that uh, King Charles and Sadiq Khan, uh, they pressed uh, the the reset climate doomsday button. Uh, So there's definitely going to be irreversible 1.5 degrees warming of the earth by 2030 unless unless we we all drive uh, electric uh, vehicles. They're not Teslas anymore because Elon Musk, Space Karen, bad. Yes, uh, uh, remember Sadiq Khan. His ultra low emission zone and the cameras—they're they're going to—they're going to going to save save the world. And uh, now, speaking of uh, Elon uh, Musk, apparently Mark Zuckerberg—he he has uh, launched the Twitter killer uh, threads, uh, which which is, well, it's basically, is trying to sell it as, uh, Instagram. It's integrated with Instagram, Instagram, but with, with threads. And, and now Mark Zuckerberg, when he launched it, he basically said that it wanted to be, he, he wanted to be a friendly safe space uh, where you talk about, uh, fluffy kittens and cute puppies. And so there is, Already, uh, conservatives, uh, nationalists are getting their threads uh, removed uh, for violating community guidelines. Uh, so <laughs> it is going inque- incredibly uh, quick. And if you lose your uh, your uh, threads account for hate speech, uh, then you also lose your your Instagram 
account as well. So Mark Zuckerberg, he doesn't want it to be a a news news thread platform just to discuss, I don't know, uh, the latest season of Married at First Sight or latest Hollywood uh, movies, Disney movies. Uh, so yeah, it's it's meant to be, and but it was sold that this was going to be their Twitter killer, uh, because Mastodon didn't didn't take off, and so now apparently this time it's like when they always said they were going to get Trump, uh, or oh, where this time we've got Trump, this time, uh, uh, Twitter's really going to really going to be destroyed now. Elon Musk, he's really he's re- he's 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 really going to wreck the platform now. Now that Zuckerberg has has got Threads, uh, but yeah, I think that Threads it'll be a novelty for a while. But the 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 all of the the drips and the SJWs on Twitter they won't be able to quit uh, because obviously they're butthurt that it's not their platform anymore. Uh, but but they they just can't they just can't quit and there are so many problems with threads there's no search bar so many f- uh, functional issues i mean i'm just on it i'm just i don't post i just uh, are observing it but yes and uh elon musk is also planning to sue zuckerberg uh for uh for a intellectual property infringement because he's hired a whole bunch of ex twitter employees uh to work on it uh, so it's sort of like he is it's like if uh, red rooster started uh selling chicken uh, with the secret herbs and spices there you can guarantee that kfc uh would uh, would 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 probably sue there i wonder how the the lawsuit uh will be sorted will it be trial by combat as uh as uh, Musk and Zuckerberg are planning at uh, the the Italian Colosseum. Now, also, uh, we had a we had it was it was quite uh, quite quite the 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 talked about might be the most talked about film of the year. The The Sound of Freedom, a film uh, based on a a true true story of a a. Of about uh, the founder of uh, the Operation Underground Railroad, Tim Ballard, who uh, rescued millions of children uh, who had been trafficked, used as as, as sex slaves. The reason why uh, apparently this film is controversial, even though it's it's telling a well, it's even though it's telling a harrowing tale it's it's telling the tale of a liberator a a man who literally saved the children uh from uh from horrific uh sexual abuse because in this uh upside down clown world that we live in uh widespread child sex trafficking is just a far right uh conspiracy uh theory and so Rolling Stone, uh, they led the led the charge and said, likening the film to a QAnon conspiracy theories and of dad's pipe streaming and play, playing superheroes, apparently protecting saving children, is uh, is uh, wanting to cosplay as a superhero. I thought Marvel films were about cosplaying as superheroes, and uh, this was constantly repeated that uh, that. Uh, this uh, film is uh, is a, a bad influence because uh, it uh, it uh, peddles QAnon 
conspiracy uh, theories. And uh, we had uh, this uh, this amazing exchange on CNN about uh, how Sound of Freedom it's uh, it's uh, it's go- it's going to to lead to uh, a resurgence of QAnon. And you seem pretty familiar with him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that. No, he doesn't hide it at all. And you have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They've never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon, but claim they don't know what it is. And The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, But that theme, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, Tell us how those two things work together. Sure. And the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false. But the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites and only people like Tim Ballard and only people like Jim Caviezel and by extension only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's a very participatory element. You're not just going to see a movie, you're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these, these pedophile rings and save children. Now it's not true, but it's a very comforting and it's a very warm feeling to have. Now, I just want to ask people in the chat, do you, uh, uh, the term QAnon seems to have lost all meaning. Does anyone in the chat actually know what QAnon is? It, it just, it was, it's always just been knocked about as a way to dismiss Trump uh, supporters and those who, who are alarmed at uh, the sexual well, rightly alarmed about uh, the continuing uh, sexual abuse, sex trafficking of children, and it's continuing on. We covered on this show, I think last week, about how uh, Boston police uh, stumbled upon a, a, a apartment full of uh, men in drag with sex toys who had four children hiding in the in in, in the back absolutely horrific and of course the high profile cases jeffrey epstein glenn maswell their uh their child trafficking QAnon is very specific conspiracy theory i'll summarize it it is that there's this deep state insider called q who's aligned with trump who was putting on all of these uh, anonymous message boards 4chan's reddits or trump's got a grand plan uh to end all the sex trafficking and to bring down the deep state trust the plan man that was that that was basically the slogan of q and so when trump lost the election q was still saying trust the plan man he's going to come back as president you could say that maybe it inspired a, a few people to turn up on, on January 6th, just as trust the plan, man, it's all going to come to fruition. And it was all bogus. It was, it, it was uh, ridiculous. And these, uh, another 
uh, ridiculous view of QAnon is that pedophiles wear matching red shoes. Uh, because, so when they when they drink the Acromicon, ah. Uh, uh, the 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 blood the 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 blood doesn't stain their shoes. Uh, but why would pedophiles wear shoes identifying that they're pedophiles? I mean, really. And now, of course, you saw the CNN host there, or contributor, I should say, saying, "Oh, look, uh, you may uh, people are going to be seeing this film and think uh, that uh, uh, it's going to be helping spread the message." Well, there was something peculiar that happened in a AMC theater over in the the, the United States that all of a sudden the film couldn't be shown because the the air conditioning malfunctioned in that one theater that was showing the sound of freedom. Oh dear, we couldn't show the film. So, don't know if any one of you have already been to see the sound of freedom, but my friends and I just walked out. Hi. And we are curious what your experiences were in the movie theater because we pre-ordered our tickets, paid for them, they were claimed, got the link sent, and this is an AMC theater in Pineville, North Carolina. Some point today, the tickets got refunded to my friend and we couldn't figure out why. So we come anyway to the theater after dinner and they're like, oh, well, we refunded all the tickets because there's no air conditioning in our theaters. Okay, whatever, we don't care. Are you still showing it? Yeah, you can, you can still watch it. So we get to thinking, why did they not send out a notice in the email saying, hey, we refunded your tickets because there's no air conditioning. Um, and we just are curious, why, they, why, why didn't they let us know? There was no one in that theater. There was us four and four other people, eight people in the theater on a Friday night. There was air conditioning in the lobby. There was air conditioning in the hallways. There was air conditioning in the bathrooms, not the theaters. They don't have the bartender or anything in the theater. I smell something stinky and I think it's shit. Yeah, I haven't seen the, the mainstream media uh, this alarmed, uh, triggered by a movie since Joker in 2019. Remember that they were they were claiming that uh, if uh, single white men uh, saw Joker, it might inspire them to become mass shooters or terrorists or any any anything else. And it was extremely dangerous for people to go and see that film, but they saw it anyway. Now that brings me to the end of a, another Tim's News explosion. Now it's not time for a big announcement. Is that uh, I uh, will be and the Unshackled uh, will be co-producing a new show. I, I will be uh, co-hosting a show uh, with Andy Nolch, who has just uh, returned from Europe, including Ukraine. You remember that Andy Nolch uh, previously contributed to the Unshackled. We're going to be launching a show discussing the the theories behind the news, why things are happening. As you know, Andy has uh, some uh, very, uh, some, some, some people would say, uh, very out there views about why the world 
the the way it is. Uh, me and him, uh, we have uh, come come into quite the the disagreements uh, over over our, our time uh, collaborating. So I thought. What better forum than for me and Andy to discuss what we think's really going on than in a live show uh, with all of you, all of you in the discussion. Uh, so we're hoping it uh, will be a, a frank and fiery uh, discussion. I know that Andy will try and push push my buttons as I will him. him. It uh, will be starting not tomorrow, Tuesday, but next Tuesday the 18th of July at 9 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. We will most likely be creating a new uh, YouTube channel like uh, Joel and Blair do for their show. Uh, so we will be promoting that uh, throughout the week and uh, we will be linking, make sure that uh, when the link is sent out, uh, subscribe to the channel, click the bell to allow the notifications. And also, it'll be a busy uh, next week for me because uh, Wilmsfront will finally return uh, this uh, Sunday evening, 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. I will be interviewing Bettina Arndt. Uh, you uh, will remember her. Uh, she has been around for many years. Uh, she is now most uh, famously known as a men's rights activist. Uh, they tried to take away her Order of Australia uh, medal back in, in 2020 uh, because uh, she interviewed uh, the teacher uh, convicted of uh, underage, uh, well, um, having the relations with uh, Grace Tame when she was still a school uh, student. We'll be discussing the unravelling of uh, Me Too. I, uh, obviously, we've seen that uh, with the with the Lisa Wilkinson, uh, Brittany Higgins tapes. Uh, so this Sunday, it'll be a Wilmstrunt with Bettina Art. It will be a pre-record uh, because Bettina is not available Sunday, uh, but she's managed to, we've managed to arrange a time for a pre-record. So that'll be Sunday, then Monday, another Tim's News Explosion. And then on Tuesday, me and Andy Nolch's new the news theorist show will come up with a precise title and graphic a later in the week at 9 p.m. on on Tuesday, and of course, a new fresh report from Tiger Mountain uh, with uh, Richard Wollstonecraft will be published later in the week. Thank you so much uh, for uh, your company once again. I remember, if you uh, want to support the Unshackled but don't want to send through a super chat, you can take out an Unshackled membership. Uh, $5 per month bronze, $10 per month silver, $25 per month gold and platinum, $50 uh, per month. Thank you so much uh, for watching. Stay safe, stay sane, stay happy, uh, stay warm throughout this uh, cold winter and uh, stay optimistic as well. And I will see you in less than a week now. I'll see you on next Sunday. Good night, everybody. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.